Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. Back for a special episode. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. We've been doing a lot of these lately. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's like a second. It's like a third job at this point. Yeah, same. Uh, same girl. Same. Between, between my actual job and all, everything that's going on on my uh, Instagram page and now here on the podcast. But I'm not yep. complaining. Not complaining because I am very zen-like from our sponsor, Mobility Movement. Oh, yes. well, there you go. Swear to God, like this is the no BS. Uh, it's been stressful. Like the last few days, like every time I blink, like I feel like I'm getting uh, another DM, new news. Everybody's connected to everybody. People sending me stuff and I am stressed the F out Yeah, and it's helping me chill. Yeah. So. I think like for me, I think I've been talking a lot lately on the podcast about how I've been like working from home and just like for three months basically was sitting like a hunchback at the kitchen bar table trying to get my work done. And uh, finally got to the point where I was like scaling wads and I couldn't really do like hold a front rack. I couldn't really because my lower back was so tight. So um, using mobility movement and getting back to like PT and dry needling and stuff like that, the combination of both of those things have really helped me get back into shape. So I think people don't really realize that like when we talk about this stuff, we actually are trying it and using it ourselves. So personally, I can tell you it's been it's been a lifesaver. I don't really think I could keep this whole like work from home thing going on um, with my my low back the way it has been if it weren't for for mobility movement. So well, there's my it's, endorsement. <laughs> it's, it's definitely helping me in that regard because I feel like I'm like constantly hunched over, like staring at my phone because I'm yep. getting so many notifications. <laughs> you get tech neck. I yeah. get that all the time. I hate and, that. And getting carpal tunnel on my thumbs from all the, all the texting and mm-hmm. and posting and whatever. So that's, that's new, um, but it's helping. So big props to them. Uh, and for anybody listening, you guys can get a discount. So if you go to mobility movement, download their app, uh, use the code MPGA 25 and you'll get 25% off, uh, your monthly or your six month membership after the trial period. And the monthly rate would be seven forty five. the six month rate. If you are not a commitment phobe like me would be forty two seventy four. <laughs> Um, so you could do either 25% off MPGA to mobility movement. So with that out of the way, Nikki, crazy week, huh? Welcome to the shitstorm. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my word. Every time we get back to, to talking, it's just like, wow, what, what is unfolding now? It is, it's a lot, it's a lot to unpack mentally and yeah, all together. It, yeah, it is. Um, I'm like, I'm it's all very intriguing to me. Uh, you know, you've got people in so many different camps right now. You got people that like, I want information right now. Like we're all locked into the information superhighway and we expect mm-hmm. things immediately. Mm-hmm. And the decisions we're talking about, particularly at like a, a corporate level, like HQ, some of these are going to take time. And, right. and I think people are, are being impatient and irrational about how quickly some of the stuff can come out. And then bluntly, you know, HQ's dragging their feet on some stuff or just simply remaining silent in some areas. I think that's frustrating people. So it's a really weird place to be right now. You know, it's like they've always been such a non-traditional corporation that, you know, when something happens, like I I said to somebody last time, I was going live on my story and I said to someone like the blueprint for this has already happened. It's called Starbucks. You know, they went through, they, (laughs) sure it's it's a little different, but you know, Starbucks had, you know, a couple of uh, young black men came into their, store and, and whoever was working, um, for whatever reason, you know, felt threatened or scared or God knows what, and had them arrested. And, you know, the CEO of Starbucks literally closed the business down, not only fired everybody, but closed the entire business down to do sensitivity training, you know, and, and then a whole bunch of other stuff. So the blueprint has been written for this to some degree, you know, a little different, but you know, 
Um, but man, it's like, I don't know, like, you know, HQ is really kind of writing their own book and it's a weird story. Yeah. So I think tonight's episode is going to be a lot like the last one we did in that there's a lot to discuss and there are a lot of different points to review. Um, but it's going to be more questions than answers still at this point. So I think it's, it's good. What I really like with our conversation, John, is just being able to bounce all these ideas off one another. And, you know, I think you, you, we have a lot of different ways of thinking about it. And then tonight, we also have a lot of questions from the CrossFit community that people have submitted to us. So even more ways of thinking about all of these issues. But yeah, we're not going to have answers for you, right, just yet, because most of the questions we can't answer. Most of the questions are like, exactly, how is it going to work now that Dave is CEO? And like, I I don't know. Nobody knows. Um, I cannot answer that. Um, but, I, you know, given the fact that two really big things happened since the last time we talked. One is CrossFit HQ issued an official apology letter. And then the second is that Greg Glassman is stepping into retirement, stepping away from his position as CEO uh, of CrossFit HQ and the Dave Castro is taking that spot. So I say, let's, let's chat about those two things first, and then we can sort of get to the questions that people have submitted as well. All right. Which Bean one you want to take first? Yeah. And Bean is here. Bean's Hi, on Bean. the podcast tonight. Aww. Right, Bean? How do you feel about all this, Bean? You okay? He just wants to sleep. He just wants He's to just snuggle. taking a nap. Me too. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. Um, um, let's start with the letter. Okay. Let's start with the letter. So the letter that CrossFit HQ put out there was their apology letter and it was long. It was well thought out, in my opinion, sectioned off, covering a whole bunch of different things from why it took them so long to say what they were going to say to the stand that they are taking. Um, and a lot of it was very blunt, very much like, hey, we know we messed up. We know we took too long. We tried to find the right words or come up with a perfect plan. And it, it wasn't perfect because we didn't say anything. And you guys were looking to us for leadership and we did not give it to you. And we're sorry. Um, and if you haven't read it, definitely go on onto CrossFit.com to read it because there are a lot of different intricacies in there that we, you know, I don't want to read the whole letter, but the response is really mixed from what I'm seeing. I mean, what did you think? What was, was your take? It was mixed for me. Um, Tell me. Well, I mean, like, first of all, I thought the letter had a weird name. I, I, I'm going to start all this by saying this is all this just opinion and conjecture, you know, like just kind of my initial thoughts. Oh, yeah. It, oh, but, my God. You know, I thought it was weird. You know, it said, why didn't CrossFit say something was actually the name of it. So it wasn't like, hey, our official apologies. Like, hey, why didn't we say something? Which I think is honest. Like, I, I it didn't bother me. It's just weird coming from a you know, corporate headquarters. Um, there were parts of it that bugged me, parts of it I thought, okay, this is really good. Um, parts of it that were just kind of dumb, you know? Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I like, I would have been happier if they would have, I honestly would have been happier if they would have said, Greg's retiring. We repudiate what he said. He's out of here. We're starting over. We're going to get back to you in a couple of weeks with a firm plan. We didn't, I didn't walk away with any kind of plan from this thing. Like, but it wasn't, it wasn't a planning letter. It was an apology letter. I understand that, but it wasn't a very good apology, Nikki. Okay. Like, why and, do you, why and, do you and, that? Well, I think there were, there were a number of things. Um, I'll give you the biggest one. So I'm sitting here kind of scrolling through it now. Yeah. Um, they were talking about, you know, why we were silent and that they have internal disagreements on the nuances of everything. See published online. They aim for the truth, highly critical of themselves. 
and they struggle to speak to the black, the black community because they overcomplicate the need to care and respond. How hard is it to go, we're all anti-racist? Here, I'll give you a test. Here, here's the test, Nikki. How do you feel about racism? Don't, don't like it, John. Me either. Done. <laughs> Let's issue a letter. Like that's, that's how long that meeting takes. That's how long okay. it takes. And okay. they, they didn't do that. Like, you know, th- this is an issue that you can come really fast on and say, black lives matter. We support this. And to that point, they never said black lives matter. I struggle with that. I, you know, their statement around black lives matter isn't incorrect in its theory or even the way they wrote it. You know, they said we care about black lives in every respect and every aspect of society. That's true. Right. Right. Um, it says we mean we support the black police officer who opposed justice like retired David Dorn as much as we cannot stand for the injustice George Floyd faced. Both right. truths are possible and co- can coexist. Right. All that's true. Fine. Right. I have no problem with it. That's not what the community is looking for right now. Hmm. All of your sponsors, all the affiliates that left literally hashtagged Black Lives Matter on the way out the door. All you okay. have to do is say the words. That's it. This is a core, again, this is a corporate response. This isn't a manifesto. It's not, you're not creating corporate policy for the rest of forever. You're, you're apologizing. And everyone that left said black lives matter. And you can't bring yourself to say it in the apology letter. It's a hollow apology in my opinion. Okay. And I think that's the way it's viewed by the black community. Um, The other thing is where there's like some weird, like, this is super nitpicky, Mm -hmm. but I do think it's valid because it, it, it shows thinking Uh, they have a, I don't know if it's a typo, if it was intentional or unintentional, but they have moments where they capitalize black and moments where they don't, you know. Oh, uh, I bet that's just a typo. Well, but here's the thing. Like when you're talking about black as a people, it's capitalized. When you're talking about black as a color, it's not. And right. they're all over the board in this letter. And again, it, it, it speaks to, we're not really connected to the black community, you know, um, as, hmm. as well as it could be. It, there are a lot of unintentional things like that, that, that jump out. And again, I think that's why we've been, and why I've kind of been screaming lately about, we need to have more conversation because that's the stuff you have to learn. You know, you don't learn it in an apology letter, right? You know, you just don't. And that's what is happening here. Um, I hear you. So I don't know. I, you know, I wasn't blown away by it. I appreciate the honesty of parts of it and the effort. Um, Just, you know, as I was scrolling through comments and what I was seeing from people, I, at least, you know, again, this is just looking at my page, not, you know, anything other than that, but I didn't see a lot of overwhelming support for it. Okay. Um, now the I people understand that, that I understand the, where you're coming from with that, the, the other part that's interesting to me, and again, it's just, you know, I'm finding this part interesting is that people that, that are accepting of it are very accepting of it. Hmm. Meaning they're like, all right, apology done. Let's move on. Like they're ready to get back into their little safe space. <laughs> oh, done. Okay. Let's move on. All right. And it's not that easy. And I think right, that's, of course not. that's something we really have to acknowledge is that, okay, like you can debate what's going to be next and whether this was a good apology or not apology. It's a start. I think that's great. And, you know, the, I think we do have to acknowledge that we all need to continue the conversation and continue to move forward and, you know, start pulling parts out of it and let them explain what's next for them. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm wondering what's next, but I'm going to give right. them time. Like okay. they, they deserve time to decide what's next and tell us what it is. We don't need to rush them. So I have a really different viewpoint on it, I think. Um, So I think two things, the two main silos in my mind, when I think about this letter are number one, they were totally screwed no matter what they said. (laughs) There's no, 
I don't think there's a good way to do this. I think no matter what they said, how they issued an apology, whether they wrote a long manifesto or they just came out and said, sorry, Black Lives Matter, I think a, a whole host of people would have hated on it one way in one way or another. And that is like a big issue, I think, right now in trying to heal from this, not just in CrossFit, but like in the in America, in the world, like trying to work together to move forward and to learn from one another and have these open discussions and forgive one another so that we can become better people, which is like what we keep saying. Like, you know, don't be afraid to say something because if you say the wrong thing, at least you're saying something and you can learn from that experience and get better. Well, no one's going to like come out and say things and issue apologies if they just get shit on right away. So it's just, it's hard for me to hear all these people being just like too little, too late out of one side of their mouth. And then on the other side being like, we need to learn how to ask questions and learn from one another and, and get better and move forward and, you know, admit when you were wrong and do better. You can't, I'm struggling. I'm struggling there. No, I understand that. I don't, I'm not, I don't think you're wrong. I just, my, my biggest two takeaways from it is the black lives matter piece. I sure. thought it was huge just simply because you're trying to get the affiliates back. Like that's the right. main goal is like you want the 1250 gems and that's $4 million in revenue, by the way, you want the 1250 gems to come back and they all left for that reason. And you didn't tell them. And when you apologized for Greg and there was part of the apology that was really brilliant, but they also, you know, had a pretty big blurb about we'll judge him by his full body of work. Like that time's passed. Once you make the mistake, you're not judged on your body of work. At that point, you're judged what happens from the mistake on, not what you did, in the, at least in a situation like this. Um, and so that it made it feel insincere. Whether it is insincere or not, it's not for me to judge. It's just made it feel that way. And yeah, I just think from a you know, PR and an honesty standpoint, like that's how it came off to a lot of people. But Yeah. And, and for me, because I'm sort of looking at it as this, moment from which we can learn. And I don't want to like in and of itself that it was an apology and that, I mean, you're right. It might be missing black lives matter, but I do think that a lot of it was well-written and sounded very, I know a lot of people think it sounded very um, disingenuous, just ingenuous, just, just not close, genuine. Close, close enough. Sorry. But to me, it, it sounded very human. It sounded like a not a PR letter. It sounded like a person on the other end who had been gathering their thoughts. And I could kind of like relate to that in this moment of craziness and uncertainty and the fact that my brain is scattered on how I feel about all of this. I mean, I think I had a visceral response, an emotional response, just like everyone else who was, who's been waiting for something like this in which I was like mad. I was like, no, like, now it is, it is too late. And why didn't you say something? And, uh, you know, I just, that's how I sort of received it because everything has been so emotional lately, but then I read it and I was like, it reminds me of when we had easy on the show. And I was like, Hey man, like people are afraid to say something because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing. And then they're judged for saying nothing. And then it's like all fucked up. So how do we, how do we do it? Like, what is your recommendation? And he gave the snatch analogy where he was like, everyone can snatch. When you first started, you might've been really bad at it and you might've done it wrong and you might've looked funny and people might've judged you, but you tried and you probably will try again and you'll get better and you'll learn from that. So I just hate that they came out with this big, long thing that to me felt 
like, like they put a lot of effort and energy into finding the words. Maybe they were the wrong ones, but they, they did the thing. They did the thing that we've been waiting for and the thing that we've been asking them for. And to me, it was a step in the right direction in a really, in a really positive way. And it's hard to see, just like I said, just people shitting all over them because it's like, okay, well, what was the alternative? They kept saying nothing. They said just the one thing. They gave a really short letter and then everyone hated that. They gave a really long letter and everyone hated that. Like it's, there's no way that they could have done it that everyone would just be on board. So I mean, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And I mean, the best way to do it would have been to do it right away, obviously, but that didn't happen. So here we are trying to figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I completely agree with you, but I understand your point. I do. I do think um, they got one part really right, and I, this part I think everyone, I hope everyone gets. It's like right at the end they said, you know, they acknowledged that the message was late, that it took them a while to get it out. And the two things I really liked what they did, they said, hey, take a moment, pause, reflect, and digest what we said. And I think mm-hmm. we need to do that. I think yes. we do need to like just stop for a minute, think about the apology, and and help kind of process through what's next. Yeah. Um, they also, what I thought was really kind of a classy move on their part, uh, mentioned that they know that some of the breaks, which I'm assuming they were talking about the affiliates, but I'm sure they could have been individuals too. They knew that was, might be irreparable and they wished everyone well, which again, mm-hmm. I thought that was nice and they promised to do better. And so I think from an apology standpoint, the ending was really good and I, and it felt sincere to me. I, I believe it's all sincere. Um, you know, and so I hope everybody gives them a little time here. Like that's the thing with, you know, with or without the apology, it's going to take time to yeah. get through the steps of what comes next. Like, you know, well, like crazy, well-run organizations, no offense to HQ, but it's in a sleepy little surf town, you know, like big, well-run organizations don't move fast to get things done and, and neither will HQ on this and they shouldn't, they need to get it right. Right. So, you know, it's going to take a few weeks to, you know, get information out of them of what's next and, you know, who they're contributing to and who's helping and are they going to have a board and where's Greg going and like right, kind of right, all right. those details. Right. That sort of is a, is a good segue into the other big piece of information, which was Greg out as CEO and Dave Castro in. There's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of unknown around that. And I think everyone has the same sort of host of questions, which are, you know, what, what exactly does that mean for Dave's position? Because, you know, he was all, all CrossFit games all the time. And CEO is obviously a much broader position within all the things that CrossFit does and stands for on the health side and on the affiliate side, as well as the professional sport of, of fitness. And um, what does that mean for Greg? How involved is he still? Um, and then, you know, is this enough of a change to bring people back and affiliates back and sponsors back? And I, to me, those are the top three. And again, <laughs> we don't have answers. So if you're looking for them, sorry. Well, we don't it's, have answers, but we have history. So this like Greg stepping yeah. back and bringing in a CEO has happened before. And it wasn't that long ago. And we can tell you didn't go so well. Right. Um, Like it's not in his nature to step back and do nothing. Like he stepped back before, turned it over to Jeff Kane, and then he stayed intimately involved in the business and, you know, didn't end well for Jeff. So that that's, I think that's the question for affiliate owners is that's what's going to happen this time 
or is he really stepping back and not going to show up at the business? Right. So right now, what we know or the the information we have says that Dave is going to be the CEO and that um, Greg is stepping into retirement. But as far as we know, Greg still owns the company. And so what that means in terms of his power, his decision-making abilities, his say in you know, how the company is structured or run is, is really all up in the air. I, I don't know. And from what I understand, I, I do not understand a lot about how this works, but from what I understand, like you can, you can basically draft up an agreement however you want when you own a company. Like The decision-making power does not always necessarily come with the ownership, but it can. The profit sharing could come with the, your ownership percentage or it might not. Like You can basically draft it up however you want it to be when you, when you own a company, when you have other people involved. So, you know, is that to say that because Greg owns hundred percent of the company, he can make hundred percent of the decisions. There's, I guess, a possibility that they could write up whatever legal agreement they wanted that said that he was a silent owner and Dave runs it or Dave plus a board or he, you know, there has to be a majority rule. Like, I don't know, but I think that there are a lot of people that are concerned that with Greg still owning hundred percent of the company, it doesn't matter necessarily who the C-suite is or who the board is if he has decision-making power still. Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to be the the big decision-making for the affiliates that left, or it'll be part of it. Um, I mean, I work for a corporation. I've been around boards and CEOs for a long period of time, and it's pretty easy to, you know, to put a board into place and have a CEO and, and Greg's doing nothing but collect money. And so then the question is, do the affiliates feel bad about Greg profiting on the business? Do they want him to not profit at all? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's history behind that too. I think that, um, you know, I think we mentioned this on the last podcast, people do that all the time. You give money to companies that you don't believe in kind of the, the final person who's earning a good example. That's Disney. Yes. Right. Like, yes. Thank you. I mean, Walt Disney was a really, really bad man. I've been to Disney a ton. Like I love the magic kingdom. I've got Disney plus. I Uh love me some some star Wars. Um, I can separate the corporation from him and you can name other companies out there that are the same way. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of stance people take on that. I'll be interested to see if they put a board in place, if Dave's going to be, you know, the emperor and right. in charge of everything, or is there going to be a board that's going to keep him in check? I think companies, corporations typically run better when there's a board. Yep. At least I everyone agree. I've ever worked for. Um, but you know, they need time for that. Like that's not a decision you just make overnight. And, and yeah. then if you have a board, you better damn well put some diversity on it. Yeah. I mean, that's what this whole thing where it all started. So right. there's a lot of layers to this that are, you know, really interesting discussion. Yeah, for sure. I think I'll be interested too in if there's a board or or maybe even if there's not what the division at the top looks like in terms of like the sort of silos of CrossFit. You know, if Dave's the CEO, does he still have his hand mainly in running games? Does he appoint someone else to that or does he appoint someone else to I don't know, like, are there health people on the board and then they take on the health side or is he sort of at the helm now and other people have to step in that I'll be curious to know because there's so many moving parts behind the scenes. Oh, you know what? Let me backtrack a little bit. I want to go back to the idea of the affiliates, like giving their money to HQ and in their affiliate fee. And what does that mean for the person at the helm collecting those profits? What I'm sort of struggling with lately is 
you know, those affiliates pay $3,000 a year, right? So, or, or whatever, if you're an older affiliate, you're grandfathered into a different price, I think, but it's that one payment that gives you the name CrossFit. So I understand that people who don't want to stand behind this and don't want to be a part of it, don't want to give that money to the organization because they think it trickles all the way up and gets to the CEO eventually. And, and I get that. It makes total sense to me. But the very same time, what I'm struggling with is when I go to my CrossFit gym, I'm not giving Greg Glassman my 150 bucks a month. Like I'm giving that to Dave who owns my gym. <laughs> And it's putting food directly on his table and helping him with his car payment and not doing that. Like, I just feel bad for the affiliates who are afraid to lose, lose the name because they're newer or they're still building their membership base or they're not, they're not sure they can fly their own flag just yet. Um, because they're not, they don't feel like they're directly funding Greg as much as they're trying to run this gym to help people and just feed their families. Oh, I, I had an affiliate owner reach out to me the other day, all you know, asking him for an opinion or for advice. He had some members come to him and say, if you don't de-affiliate or unaffiliate, we're going to, we're going to leave. Yeah. And and yeah. bring people with us. And I told him I'd line them all up in the gym and fire them. I tell them all pound sand, get out of my gym. I don't want you here. Like you're a cancer. Like, you know, you're the business owner. You decide to run your business and, and how you want to, you know, what name you want to go by. So I think right. there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of bad moments being created out of it. Um, right. I tell you what I'd like to see that I think would solve that on all fronts. I was thinking about this today, actually. What? I hope somebody from CrossFit is listening. Here's my suggestion. This is a good suggestion. No Don't one laugh from, at me. I hope no one from CrossFit is listening. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. This is a good suggestion. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm they, pay, they pay 3000 bucks a year. You take a thousand mm-hmm. of it. You, you cobble together 10 to 15 charities and you pick one of the charities and a thousand bucks goes to it. And you make sure those charities are, have a wide range of diverse options. So if you hmm. say, if you want to donate $1,000 to Black Lives Matter, that's where it goes. If you want it to go to Jerry's kids, that's where it goes. If you want it to go to, you know, I don't know, pick your charity, that's where it goes. So it's not going to Greg. It's going to a cause that you support and love and, 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 and you know, want to be a part of. And I think people would feel better about, you know, paying that money in. I really that's do. That's a cool idea. I like See, it. See, you were laughing at I, me. No, no, no. Yes. I like it. I like it because, because it's like the rest, the other 2000 still has to go to HQ because they have a, when you have a corporation to run, it's not like Greg pockets every three grand that comes in. Like there's plenty of costs associated right. with running CrossFit as a brand. Um, it needs money in order to live and survive. And, and even just to supply the um, insurance company that all the affiliates get their box insurance through, like that's all related. So I get where the, where the fees are going to, but the, anyway, that's just where I'm struggling because both arguments make so much sense. I hear, I hear people loud and clear when they're like, don't believe in this. Don't stand for it. I don't want to give it my money fair. But I also hear the affiliates that are like, I think I need this to survive. And I'm just out here trying to help people get fit and put food on my table. And I don't want those people to be bullied into feeling one way or another about keeping their affiliation. Sorry, that's my difference. No, I agree with you. Look, I value the relationships of the people that coach me. I feel yeah. the same way. Like I wouldn't walk away from my coaches. Like I need, I want them to make an informed decisions best for them and their family. And I feel like I'm paying them yeah, I really do. Like, too. you know, I, I want to see them succeed and be happy and healthy and, and they do a lot for me. And, and I believe in their values. I, I only don't, while I care, they don't, you know, Greg's values don't affect my day to day. They just affect my feelings. 
Yeah. Uh, Saxon and Spencer, they affect my day to day because they program right. the assault bike. Um, right. But they're also good. They're, they're also <laughs> I heard that. I heard yeah. that. <laughs> but they're, you know, they're good moral people. And I, you know, I see them interact with people day in and day out and, and I'm part of that community and it means something to me. And so if that changed, then yeah, I'm, I'm out of there quick, but yeah. you know, I'm, I'm supporting them. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. This is just hard for everyone. I want like, I want, I want change cause God, we need it. Like it's time and it's ridiculous that it's taken this long and for people to feel excluded or anything based on characteristics, it's just ridiculous to me. But at the same time, like, I'm like, oh, I just want, I just want to work out with my friends. <laughs> I just right. want to coach people and help them live better lives. And really hope there's a way to bring all of that together under one, under one ideal. Well, again, Dave, Dave gets his chance. What do you think of Dave as CEO? I, so here's my thing with, so I've, I've worked for HQ with HQ for a really long time now. Um, my interactions with Dave have always been very minimal and like games related. You know, I, we're in the same place once a year for a couple of days. So I've only seen him, um, you know, the dude plans all year. <laughs> he plans for this one event and then it like lasts the weekend and then it's over. So I've only ever really interacted with him arguably like the most stressful and important 10 days of the year. And every interaction with him has always been just very professional. And he's always been super dialed in into making sure that the events running efficiently, that the athletes are taken care of, you know, that everything is, is run appropriately. And I have a lot of respect for him for what he does and for how he conducts himself. I know that he has a character that people, love hate i think love to hate like i think that they like get all riled up about his like attitude and how slowly he announces things and then you know the same people who who want to be keyboard warriors will swarm him in a room to take a picture and um he's definitely got like an enchanting persona like that but i will say even even on the most stressful busy week of his life i have never ever seen dave turn down a selfie with a fan ever in my life. He could be running, he could have a million these people being pulled in a million directions and someone will stop and be like, Hey man, can I take a picture? And I have never seen him say no. So I have vehement respect for him for how he conducts himself with the fans. I know the athletes are his world, even though him and athletes can get into it. Sometimes, you know, the him and Pat thing was really funny that way it all happened on Instagram. Like I know that that, this is his baby and they are his world. And this is very important to him in this community, how we train, how we feel, what our health and our bodies do. Like it, it is, this is life. So I, all of that to say, I don't really have great insight into how he works or what he does other than what I've seen in very, very minimal interactions, but I am willing to give him a chance because I've, I've seen him work so hard. And I think, judging this before he even steps into the role would be way unfair. Nobody knows him. Like anyone who's judging him from afar, nobody knows him. <laughs> how are you going to come out there and be like, he is or is not going to do a good job? Like, what do you think? No, none of you people know him or how he works. So like, let's just see, right. Can we just yeah, see? I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but only cause he's a really good shot. Um, oh, there's that. Yeah. There's that. I was, I mean, I've had, you know, my one experience with Dave where he destroyed me on a trail run. Dude's really fit. I don't very, care what anybody he's says. He's a, he's a good runner, man. He smoked me on a trail run and then high-fived me like a 
Like I was just so sad. Came in like eight <laughs> minutes behind him. He even <laughs> fell. Like he fell on the run. He still beat me by like eight minutes. Um, Very but, guy. And it's, you know, it's kind of the same experience that you described, like really smiley, friendly, high five in everyone, super positive. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of good stuff there. He was a really good coach in the session for whatever that's worth. Like I was really impressed at, at how well he explained the workout and what we were doing. Uh, but with all that said, like the CEO's job is a much different job than anything else. Um, now, I think he's got a lot of stuff in his in his favor. He was a Navy SEAL, about the hardest job on the planet. And, yeah. you know, you certainly learn a lot about leadership as a Navy SEAL. So gigantic props to him in that totally. regard. Um, and he has been the director of the CrossFit Games, which is not a tiny little job. So it's not mm-hmm. like he's been over here, you know, running HQ's gym for the last 10 years. He's been running a pretty big gig. Well, so. And he was in training too, in the yeah. training department. Oh, like, yeah. this, this is his world. This is his life. His yeah. whole mission is to, is to get the sport of fitness to a spot where we all love it, care about it, want to watch it, want to participate. Really? Yeah. I think, you know, the, on the opposite end of that though, there are some red flags like the CEO, CEO job is a much harder job. It is a more inclusive job than anything he's had before. Uh, it's also a, a more highly criticized job than everything he's had before. And oh, Dave, I think he can take it. <laughs> I think Dave has a history of not taking criticism very well. Whether he takes it personally well, I can't say, but the persona that he's put off uh, over the years of blocking people that disagree with them and, you know, like even that fight with Pat that was funny, but, you know, um, you know, kind of salty about the programming, which is fine when you're the director of CrossFit Games, when you're running a corporation and you're talking to shareholders and stockholders and potential investors and whatever, like you got to have thinner skin or thicker skin. Um, is again, that's not an indictment of him. I really like him. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm just saying like the CEO's job is a different job. And that's a skill that he may potentially have to learn on the fly. Um, I guess, may, you know, he may never have to learn it. I don't know. I've just, I've seen right. a lot of CEOs. I've seen a lot of CEOs in my career, you know, over, you know, 25 years in, in banking. And um, it's, it's a needed skill for the I job. I guess just given like, given the way that we have seen, Greg Glassman as a CEO conduct himself in the past. I guess I just feel like is it like I, I just feel like Dave will I don't know. We like we've had like I hear what you're saying in terms of like maybe in the past he's yeah. not presented himself like he he seems like he hasn't taken a criticism well or something or his response was not measured the way like the CEO of a company's could be measured. He just kind of like responds like a human or like Yeah, a just guy like Greg. Who, just like Greg. That's I don't the, that's know the if, point. I guess I, it doesn't feel the same to me. It doesn't feel like Dave, I don't know. I don't really I, know. I'm not saying it is cut the same. Out. I don't know. What I'm talking no, about. There's no reason to cut it out. Like I made this point last night. People are really kind of got heated about this. And I think it's a legitimate question that the affiliates coming back. I'm only thinking of the affiliates that I want to bring back my end game be really clear in this. I want all 1,250 affiliates back under the fold. I Same. do, not, I do not want CrossFit to fold. Like, no, no. I, I cannot be clear about that. So my point to this is, is you need somebody that's measured and isn't Greg, right? That he has to be the anti-Greg in order to make that happen. So the question I'm asking, I asked yesterday, pissed a lot of people off, is tell me what's going to be different. Because what I see on the outside isn't different. It's not to say he won't be different. I think Dave's a brilliant dude. I think he's super smart. Every, you know, the one interaction I had with him was great other than him kicking my ass, but 
everybody I know that knows him raves about him. So, so none of this is me going, he's a jerk. He's not going to be able to get the job done. My point is, is he's got to come out early and show that he's different Sure. and prove to these 1250 affiliates why it's going to be worth their while to come back under the fold. Sure. Yeah. Anyone, but anyone stepping into that role would have to do that, but he doesn't have a lot of time to do that. That's the point. And he, he isn't just anyone. He's a, a close insider groomed Mm -hmm. by Greg, like, if we've seen anything in the last week, I just can't, I can't hammer this enough. I mean, I know I'm getting my soapbox, so I'm sorry, but if I've seen anything is that, you know, the, the perception of what it is becomes what it is. Mm-hmm. And the perception right now is he's a close insider groomed by Greg worked at HQ this whole time. Like, and Greg still lives in Santa Cruz. Like there's it, He's got to come out and do something different. I, I think he will. So, I, you know, I again. I don't know anything about how HQ works. Um, I just do the interviews on the sideline for the broadcast, like, and which is funny because I feel like the most trolling I've had recently has been like people being like, you were in HQ and you blah, blah, blah. You know how many people thought that I was Nicole Carroll? What? <laughs> so let's like, just say thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, I friggin' wish. She's awesome. She's the best. Um, but yeah, I don't know anything about how HQ works, but I don't get the vibe that that Dave is groomed by Greg. I don't get that vibe at all. I get the vibe that they're way different on opposite sides of the plane where like Greg wanted to like not have any elite sport of fitness and cancel that completely and focus on health and do whatever. And Dave was the one trying to keep that alive for us. I, I- that's I, the vibe that I got, I'll, but I don't I'll, know. I'll concede that. They certainly have had their differences, but they also are close friends. Like that's my point. You it's think? like I think the last time I saw them, they were hugging in an embrace. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't I like you. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, again, like none of this is an, an indictment of anything. Like it's not none of that's bad. Yeah. It's not even bad to be you know, a good example of that um in banking. No one's gonna know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh <laughs> Jamie Dimon, who runs J.P. Morgan Chase, was groomed by, um, I forget his name, but he ran Citibank, and they had a huge falling out, right? Mm-hmm. And Jamie Dimon, and, but they were, you know, he was groomed by him, and he ended up well exceeding anything that his mentor ever did. Like, Jamie Dimon is like a rock star in banking, you know? So you can be groomed by someone doesn't mean you're going to be them. You can end up being infinitely better. Yeah. You know, and I could probably give you three or four of the stories where the opposite of that happens. Like he's going to be his own guy. Um, I just, I just hope he moves into the role very quickly and, and uh, you know, understands that the role of CEO oftentimes is to deescalate. It's to, it's, it's a communication job, not a doing job. Like I, the director job, I think is often a doing job in a lot of ways. And Interesting. a lot of the roles he has had in that CEO job is really your, it's, not about doing the execution yourself. It's about getting other people to do it, setting a good vision for the company, getting the right people together, knowing who those people should be, um, mm-hmm. and knowing that you're not going to have control over it. You get the best people to do the work, and right. they report it back to you. And I, again, I think the guy's brilliant. He he was a Navy SEAL. Like that's they teach these guys leadership and teamwork. Like if you yeah. can apply those methods without killing totally. somebody, he'll be fine. <laughs> um, but I really like him. I really do. I know a lot of that sounded like criticism. I would have said all that if he were on the air with us. And I hope he's listening and comes on the air with us. But Oh, um, wouldn't that be great? I know. Anybody listening knows Dave. Tell him we'd love to have him on here. I Big fan. I would love that. that would, Same. I, 
you know, maybe, I don't know, again, like more questions and answers. And we're just discussing things that no one really has like any inside information about, but maybe it's because I'm like the eternal optimist. I mean, you know me, I kind of just like, I want, I want the apology to be the first step in the right direction. And Dave steps in as CEO and he just does a kick ass job. Affiliates come back. The big names in CrossFit feel good about coming back and competing. And then we can all just fitness really, really fast together. That's what I want. Here's the problem. Now we're hearing rumblings though of, you know, other uh, affiliate owners now trying to band together and create, you know, whatever you affiliate block. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, We'll just call it a block, you know? Um, You know, I saw a couple of posts from different people today. And so that's, that's going to become a very big issue quickly if they don't get out in front of it. And I hope why we're getting some silence right now is they're working the phones and that's likely what they're doing. But um, I worry about that because there, you know, some of these gyms that left, like Kalipa is a great example. That dude is a great dude. Mm -hmm. He is a brilliant businessman. He's been running multiple units, like, you know, dozen of of uh, crossfit gyms or nc fit is his nc fit yeah uh for some time and uh you know does his little coffee with kalipa you know mm-hmm. little, little podcast and people love it and he he just imparts wisdom and he's also just like a really terrific human being yeah you know? he's a great guy and so you find somebody like that that everybody loves and respects and he goes hey you 20 affiliates come with me be hard to say no to that guy you know yeah, if you love yeah. him Yep. And he's now, what you're talking about is he's offering sort of a, an affiliate program to be NC Fit gyms. And we've seen that sort of in the past for gyms that, or for, for, for organizations that do programming, right? So we've seen it like very, like you could be your own gym, but you could do like misfit programming, for example, and be like part of the misfit umbrella. So I wonder if those gyms end up making also like affiliate programs or like, they just kind of like absorb these other gyms that have been on the sidelines of maybe getting involved with them in one way, shape or form. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I mean, I've heard rumors of a couple other people kind of doing the same thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's like, that's kind of what you were talking about on our last show where you were like, there's never just one conglomerate. Like there's, right. there's never just one thing. Like there's a million places to get coffee. There's a million places to, you know, do this kind of training and maybe they're not all called the same thing, but we can still all do it together. And I don't disagree. I just liked, I liked when we all were CrossFitters, you know, like, I don't want to be a CrossFitter, but you're like a fit fitter and someone's like a, like a ex fatness or like, I just don't want to like, I want us to just all do the same thing and hug hands and say, I don't want to run four meme pages. I don't want to have another one that make (laughs) NC fit great again. You know, we don't have time for this people. Come I on. I don't, I don't have time for this. Not at all. And um, that is a lot of what people were asking. Like when we, we both asked for questions on Instagram and I know we're not going to have time to do all of them, but um, a lot of the sort of like multiple repeat questions were about that, about like, what, what is the future of this whole functional fitness thing? Like if it's not CrossFit, is it something else? Um, and I, I really don't know. I mean, there's never going to not be something in functional fitness between the affiliates or, you know, like whatever you want to call it, the gyms that do use this type of methodology. And the fact that there are plenty of professional events now. So let me float a theory. Okay. It just literally just popped in my empty head. All right. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if, let's just say Kalipa, Mm-hmm. Again, who I respect and love, great dude. 
uh, of those 1,200 affiliates, I'm going to say out loud, I hope he takes 500. And here's why. Like, take a big number. Because when you have a competitor out there that's doing a really good job and they're kind of kicking ass, like I know Kalipa would do with 500 affiliates, and your affiliates' fee is coming up, they can make a choice. That forces you as a business to think more deeply about the value you're providing your affiliates. And it will force HQ to get provide better service to what their affiliate members want. The com- competition almost always does that. Mm-hmm. That's why, by the way, uh, when COVID hit, I started getting text messages from Verizon saying, hey, we're going to give you mobile hotspot now for free <laughs> for the next month. Because yep. they know good and damn well AT&T was giving that out. And that's a fact. Like, competition will almost always spurn better things for this, right? There's a little part. While I want everyone under the fold, I kind of want some competition there. I understand to, where you're To give from. incentive to HQ to just think about the small affiliate owner. Think of the gym out there with 60 members, barely getting by, needing to grow their business for the next three years so they can get profitable. They need HQ in their corner. And right now, at least from the affiliate members that reach out to me, they're not feeling that. And I think mm-hmm. they will feel that with a little competition. So that's that's how I would answer that question. We'll see. I'll probably get blown up for that shit, but so will I. I'm gonna, I'm going to get hate mail for everything I've said tonight. But look, this is the thing: is like we're trying to just talk about all the different angles. At the end of the day, John and I, and and pretty much I'm sure everyone listening to this, like nobody wants CrossFit to die. Uh, it's this thing that I love. It means so much to me. I just want it to be. I just want it to be awesome. I want good people in place to help run it. I want gyms to do a good job. I want everyone to succeed. I want to like look halfway okay naked. Like I just want all these things. And and it's it's time for a change to make sure that we're not alienating anyone. That's but my that's my dating bio. Looks halfway okay halfway naked. Halfway okay naked. Yeah, that's what it says. I'll write it for you. Give me another question. Another question. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. Um let's see. These are in like complete rando order my brain has no no way to file these now if crossfit dies should another company buy the rights or just start something new oh well first of all it's not going to die they got thirteen thousand affiliates even with the let's just say two thousand are gone they still have eleven thousand affiliates it's not going to die well i would say first of all it's not going to die second of all a company can't just come in and buy the rights unless greg wants to sell it which i sincerely doubt it's not dying sincerely doubt either one of those first two things will this happen. Is, but of, of all the things we talked about, this is one I'm going solid on, not good. going out of business. At yes, all. good. Yes. I don't want them to. Um, but in terms of another company starting something new, that's what I was starting to say about like, there's a lot of professional events now. And I wouldn't be surprised if like Loud and Live runs a whole bunch of different events. Like, you know, they call them CrossFit events right now, or, or they did before they stepped away from HQ. What is to stop them from, you know, having this like circuit of functional fitness or whatever insert name here style competitions? I think that sort of is already in motion in terms of another company stepping in and starting something new. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Grid league failed, you know, so like I don't you know, put in, yeah. I don't, I don't put any stock in competitions actually making money and surviving. And when you look at other fitness, uh, you know, there's so many options now between orange theory and, uh, chorus. And, you know, you could just list all the ones that people What's are going chorus. Oh, I've never heard of that. A, it's a thing here in Cleveland. It's like, Ooh. it's like Pilates and yoga and, uh, it's got some machine. It's crazy. I would hard, try it. Yeah, Have you, you done orange theory before? 
No, because it's running. Fuck that. Oh, uh, yeah. Running. I love Orange Theory. I think it is so fun. Well, it's not fun, but it's it feel good because I'll never like run like that on my own. But if someone tells me to run like that, then I'll push it. If a jealous boyfriend wants to chase me like that, I'll do it. But <laughs> otherwise, no. All right. Next Priorities. Yes. Okay. John. Um, wait, there was one I wanted to ask you. Yeah, all these questions came from followers off of my Instagram, by the way. There's like a thousand of them, and I think 900 of them were identical. They're all like, oh. how's Bean? Bean's great, by the way. Bean's great, yeah. Yes. Here's a good one. Um, you talk a little bit about what our plans are moving forward. How do we as a community move forward in our own boxes to be more inclusive? Oh, I have lots of ideas behind that. I was mm-hmm. thinking about that today, actually. I mean, I think the boxes need help. I mean, you know, Nikki and I were talking today about uh, – hosting a regular series, I won't get too many details, but a regular series where uh, we bring on uh, diverse athletes, coaches, affiliate owners, uh, whoever, and have them give tips on how to improve in, you know, uh, diversity in your, in your box. And that's, you know, more than just color. It could be sexual orientation. It could be whatever, you know, you just, you know, pick your poison. But um, I think that something like that would be helpful because that's certainly not something they're getting in their level one or their mm-hmm. $3,000 affiliate fee, you know, just another resource for affiliates. Um, I think community involvement is important for the local boxes. I think they need to find local charities, groups, churches, whatever, and, and start reaching out. And like at work, we, we call it credo, uh, time. Uh, my job, we, once a month, we just pick something anything we want and we give back to the community. And so sometimes we're, you know, going to Habitat for Humanity and we're painting houses. Other times we're just dropping donuts off to first responders. Mm-hmm. Uh, during COVID, uh, I had my entire team writing letters to seniors, you know, and, and dropping them off. And, and you know, that kind of giving, I think, builds, it, it builds a tightness amongst your group that would be good in a gym. Um, but I think it also helps you meet people outside of your box and that goodwill starts getting spread around. So imagine if Nana gets a card from so-and-so at, you know, CrossFit, wherever, and, you know, her grandson comes in to see her and she goes, oh, I got this from there. And he's thinking about a gym. It's a great opportunity, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so there's certainly some things like that I think people could do. All right. How about this one? 90% of my wardrobe still says CrossFit on it. Is it still <laughs> acceptable to wear? <laughs> we don't wear shirts anyway. So well, yeah, uh, what do you mean? You don't wear that. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you could, you could consider it old school, I guess, maybe if, if you continue to wear it. It's the people that have like, if people have asked me that question about all the Reebok stuff. Like, they're like, can I buy it all? Because it's now two for one. Is it you now know? on sale? Yeah. It's all on sale. Yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, so, I know yeah, that's a joke question, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you can you can never have too much CrossFit apparel. I don't care whether the name's six or not. You can never have too much. Agreed. Um this is something that I touched upon earlier, but I just want to note that someone wrote, how strong is our community if we can't forgive ourselves? Oh, damn, that was deep. I know. Way and that's kind of what I was mood, saying. Nikki. Well, Jesus. I was just, I just want to bring it up because it's kind of what I was saying before about this whole, like, you know, we're asking for an apology. We're asking people to step out and take the first step, whether it's right, wrong, perfect, not perfect, whatever. And if we can't, we can't learn to, I don't know, maybe not accept their apology, but take it as a positive step, then. Mm. No, I think that's good. That's a good uh, topic. I mean, I, I accept the apology for what it is and I don't, I don't feel the need to forgive Greg as an example. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, not that, you know, 
he hasn't asked for my forgiveness, but I don't, I don't feel that need necessarily. I want to know what's next. Like, okay, you apologize. Great. High five. Show me. I have a boss that she'll, she'll always, she's kind of funny. She has all these slogans. She's like, I'm from Missouri, which is the show me state. Just show me, quit apologizing, you know? And, like um, yeah. Get, and so it's, get it done. Yeah. So that's what I want to say. I think we can forgive. Like I, you know, I, I could give you a dozen names of people that have said and done horrible things in the life and went on to be amazing people. Totally. Both, you know, in the public, but you know, they didn't do it by just showing back up. They went out and did something about it. Here's a note. Can you mention all the volunteers who had planned their whole year around CrossFit? And there's like the crying face. I do feel oh. really bad because those like the staff and the volunteers and the judges, especially that like they spend their own money. They fly themselves around the world. We need them to put these events on. Um, you know, this is this is a, a big deal for them that that they won't be able to do that this year. So my uh, condolences to you guys. Uh, I would I would tell them, though, um use that money for something else. We were in, in this room I'm recording in last night and uh, we were talking about the guitars are in here. And my oldest daughter goes, that's daddy's CrossFit money. <laughs> Cause they know I'm not, <laughs> they know I'm not traveling. So I'm buying guitars cause I'm not going on all my trips. So go. yeah, Embrace use that money it. for something else. Donate it to somebody if you want to like, you know, or, or do like me and buy guitars. Will Greg be taking thrusters with him into retirement? Question mark. God, I hope Could so. he? Please? Could you take the assault bike? I would hope so. That would be great. Thanks very much. If that were Castro's first uh, thing, you know, his first edict as CEO is we're going to ban the assault bike, I will go all in. I would start, I would literally fly to Santa Cruz and just drive, you know, gym to gym, singing his praise. Just ban the assault bike. Um, okay, awesome. here's, a, here's a good one. Um, I travel tons. Now I've lost my Wayfinder. Please discuss. So like, like if you travel a lot and you use CrossFit or the affiliate map uh, to find gyms to drop into, like what happens now? How do you know? I guess you're screwed. Somebody asked me that today. They're like, well, they'll just put formerly known as CrossFit. I'm like, only if they want to get sued, they will. Like, you know, CrossFit is a, has a long history of suing people that use the term CrossFit that right. aren't affiliated. So right. That's a great question. I mean, I, it'll depend on what happens with the, you know, if the, if the branches that uh, are no longer affiliated, if they, let's say they go to a Kalipa or whatever, you'll have to have two or three different wayfinders and hope they allow drop-ins. You know, they mm-hmm. would. Um, yeah, of course they would. And again, there's, thir- there's 13,000 affiliates. Like I realized 1250 is a lot, but you know, it's not, you know, there's still 11,000 affiliates. So. Yeah. Let me, let me end with one question that I have that sort of has spawned from all this, which is, do you think there's a chance that these affiliates come back? Like if these changes continue to happen in a way that is meaningful, because obviously we don't know yet, like we've talked about before, like, you know, Dave stepping in as CEO, we still have no idea what it means. We don't know who has control. We don't know how, but if assume that changes still happen, good changes that, that we as a community approve of. Do you think that the affiliates come back or in a sense, has the damage been done? A hundred percent certainty. They all want to come back. No really? Doubt, no doubt in my mind. hundred percent. Okay. They Explain. All, nobody wanted to leave CrossFit. Everyone loves it. The first rule of CrossFit is always talk about CrossFit. None of them <laughs> wanted to leave. No one wanted to leave. No yeah, one. Yeah, but like some of them took such a strong stand. As they should have. God yes, I agree. I agree. I just think it's hard to to come back from um not if you've been heard so they they left because they didn't feel they were being heard as they should have like you know that was their stance and 
And they're like, all right, I'm out of here. Well, it, once they've been heard, if it's been corrected, they would have no reason at that point to be stubborn and not come back. Well, I just think that that if NC Fit and Invictus and these other big, well-known CrossFit companies don't come back, which they won't because now they're trying their own affiliation thing, sure. they I think that some affiliate owners look up to them and would say, like, if they're not going back, I'm not going back. Well, no, no argument there. I guess I'm not saying that they all will come back. I'm saying they all want to come back. Mm. That doesn't mean they all will. Okay. Um, you know, they're still business owners. I mean, I like you, Nikki, but... If I get a better offer, sorry. <laughs> you know? oh, no way. And you should too. You oh, no, I never would leave you. Come on. Yeah, see, it's easy no. for you to say that because I went first. Um, <laughs> I, look, I tell the people that work for me, I say this all the time. Maybe I'm just a stupid boss. But when people quit and they're like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to leave you. I'm like, why are you apologizing? You should always do what's best for your family. Five years from right. now, you're not going to remember who I am. Like, go do what's best for you. Live your life. Be happy. Like, yes. so if they want to go with Kalipa or Bergeron or whoever the hell's going to have an affiliate map, like be happy. That's the only thing that everybody should come out of this from. And the truth is, it's like, let's just hypothetically say none of them come back. And now you've got, you know, CrossFit and two other competitors. Do you, any of us believe for a second that these people that we've known for all this time that love us, when we come to their gym and go, Hey, can we drop in? They go, Oh no, 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 no. You're a CrossFitter. You're not allowed an NC fit. Absolutely no, not. Of course not. They're going to welcome not. us with open arms and say, come yes, in. We'd I love know. to have you I give know. us 25 bucks and buy a t-shirt, you know, yeah, like, I know. So I, I think the bulk of them want to come back, whether they will or not is, I don't know. It's up for grabs. So we'll see. I think the moral of this story is wait and see what happens and everybody just don't be a dick. I can't go that far because I'm a dick often. Uh, no, you're not. not in real life. <laughs> I don't know, man. I keep getting roasted every day on this page. You know, everybody's like, you're, you're ginning up all this to build your page or you're, you're just stirring up anger. And I'm like, yes. You're like, are you new <laughs> yes. here? It's a satire page. I'm, satire creates questions. That's what I'm trying to do. I want people to ask the right questions, you know, and, and to explore them and to understand like why things are the way they are and, and see if we, if our voices will be heard. And I don't know. So I can't promise I won't be a dick, but I am optimistic and I am all in, man. I hope CrossFit survives this. Cause I me love, too. I love me some CrossFit. Like I really Same. do. Like I obsess every day about my wad, like everybody else. And I complain about it every day. And I don't know. I just, I, I can't get enough of it. So same. I'm the same way. Fingers crossed. All right. Yeah, I think the only, yeah, I mean, with that, we'll wrap up, but um, there's more news coming. I mean, that's the only thing we didn't really talk about and we won't get too much into it, but this isn't the end of it, guys. Like, you know, things almost always get worse before they get better. And that's not a reason for anyone to get depressed or go, oh my God, what's coming? Don't worry about any of that. Like it will resolve itself. It will get better. You know, as more information comes out, we'll come back to you guys and tell you what we know and and covers that needs to be covered and I'll make jokes about it. And Nikki apologize for me and get roasted on my behalf. And it'll be great. Um, I think just, just continue to be good to one another, you know, and support your gym and whatever their dis- decisions are and, and try not to, to draw conclusions too quickly. Yeah. Don't lose faith and yeah, just love each other locally. That's really all you can do. Right. Right. But from six feet apart, from six feet apart. Yes. Right. <laughs> Maintain your social distance. Let coach spray you down with sanitizer. That's what they're yeah, doing. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, with that, we will wrap it up. Nikki, fun as always. Yes. I'm sure we'll be back tomorrow night when we have 10 more things to talk about. Exactly. Uh, For everyone listening, thank you so much. We genuinely appreciate 
uh, you guys tuning in. It's uh, been picking up and picking up and picking up. And we just love the fact that you guys are joining us on this journey. So thank you so much and have a good night.